Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. And uh, Commander's getting set for the Patriots. A very nice uh, injury report. Uh, only three names on it. That's always a good thing as uh, the a team gets this far into the season. Uh, joining us now to talk about this week that was uh, for the Commander's and the game this weekend. You can hear him on the Team 980 from 10 to 1. And uh, you can also check out his podcast on Apple, Spotify, and more. The Kevin Sheehan Show podcast. Kevin, what's going on? What's up, Matt? Uh, do, on, doing well, uh, Kevin. Obviously, always good to have a injury report with only three names on it, so at least the team is healthy. Yeah, they've been pretty healthy all year, right? And when they haven't been, they've typically had you know guys that could come in and play in those spots. But I haven't looked at you know that that stat that's out there that you know has lost man games due to injuries uh, in the NFL. There's a site that tracks that, but I would imagine Washington's been as healthy as any team in the league. So what is your reaction and what has been some of the, your callers' reaction to, of course, the trades? We thought that maybe one of them was going to go. I didn't think that both of them were going to go. I didn't either, um, and I don't think Montez would have gone had they gotten a lesser offer, but I think the offer was too good. You know, it's a Chicago Bears second-round pick. That should fall somewhere between, you know, 33 and 38 when all is said and done. They're a two-and-six football team. Uh, and I think they're playing the kid from Shepherd College again this week. I don't think Justin Fields is back. I could be wrong about that. Um, and so it's closer to a first-round pick. Uh, and um, they couldn't turn that down. I do think they have been wanting to move on from Chase for a while. And if there, if that wasn't clear before this week, it's certainly clear after this week. Um, they just... I think they had had it with them, Matt. And what's really interesting, and I was thinking about this, they ended up getting an end of the third round compensatory pick from the 49ers. So, you know, almost a fourth round pick, where Montez was almost a first round pick. I wonder if they would have dealt him if they'd gotten something like a conditional fifth. I think they would have dealt him for anything. I think they've been waiting for this trade deadline. They, they, you know, they made him available to teams before the draft, and they didn't get anything worth trading him for. He had played well enough, and they thought that they had propped up his value a little bit. But this relationship was never a good one uh, with the organization. You know, uh, it may have been with Dan, uh, but we understand those relationships in the past and how they have they sabotaged uh, the operation. Uh, it just it just never really worked after his rookie year, uh, and it's a shame because I thought he had generational talent coming out. Do you think they still both would have been commanders if they beat the Eagles? No. Uh, I think that Chase Young would have absolutely still been dealt. Um, I think they couldn't wait for the trade deadline to deal him. Uh, with Sweat, uh, it's a different question with Sweat because at 4-4, four and four, you're actually in the seventh spot right now. Um, and they could have maybe made the case to uh, Josh Harris and Eugene Chen and their analytics people that, hey, you know, we got a chance to make a run. Did you see how well Sam played, you know, on Sunday? We got a win over one of the best teams in the league. Uh, we, we can make a run here. Maybe, maybe they would have turned down, you know, a, an early second-round pick and kept sweat. But um, I think Chase, they were dealing all along. Do you think, and this is something I've been kind of bringing up the past couple of weeks, do you think that this team and Josh Harris is treating this as a gap year? Because they probably should have fired Jack or Ron potentially after the Chicago game. And it seems like they're like, okay, well, we're just going to kind of live off the emotion and the happiness of Josh Harris taking over for Daniel Snyder. 
Yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's in either one of their natures, uh, in either one of their um, sort of makeup to, to, to just to be impulsive. And from the beginning, because they acquired the team late in the game, right? It was just a few days before training camp, so they couldn't make a move then. You know, you can't fire the coaching staff, uh, you know, when you're getting ready to go to training camp and you're two weeks away from a preseason game. So I think they went into this thing thinking they were going to sit back, they were going to watch, they were going to learn, and that the real reset of the franchise would happen in early 2024. And I don't know that there's any benefit in firing Ron right now. You know, there may be some benefit, Matt, at the end, at the very end of the year to get a head start. Um, but they're already talking to people. They have to be in terms of the direction they want to go in. I mean, it's over, you know, barring a, a miraculous run, which I don't think is in the cards. It's over for this group, but I, I don't know how they benefit from a midseason firing. Do you think Eric Bieniemy is going to be one of those people interviewed for the head coaching job? I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, Eric Bieniemy, just like Sam Howes, had a very roller coaster year. But I think it should have been expected that they were going to have a roller coaster year. You know, it's a it's it's a new job for Sam Howell as a starting quarterback in the NFL. It was a new offense for him. Eric Bieniemy's obviously been an offensive coordinator, but he's never had this much responsibility. As it relates to you know game planning and, and and play calling, that's you got a title that he's never had before, assistant head coach, and you can see that it's been a learning process for him too. Like right now, like I, I think the conversation about Eric Bieniemy as a head coach is so premature. He's still trying to figure out the offensive coordinator job, and he's admitted that. You know, he's like, I'm learning uh, kind of on the job here. I mean, the week before, like if. It's crazy about the NFL, and you and I both understand it because we bet it just how week-to-week it is in terms of what you think and how how drastically your opinions change. But would you have even asked me that question after the Giant game? Because that was a horrendous game plan offensively against the Giants. And then last week it was brilliant. So he's been up and down. Sam's been up and down. I think it should have been expected from the beginning. And what you'd like to see is just growth, growth, and then maybe at the end of the year, it's like, wow, this guy's really come into his own as, a, as an OC. The quarterback's really come into his own, and maybe we need to keep them together moving forward. And then, of course, there's the whole thing that comes out this week from Mike Florio that, of course, the commanders uh, see a shiny object, and they're interested in potentially making a run at Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't, I don't think – I mean, Florio didn't really report it. It was more – He's hearing chatter about that. I don't buy it at all. I think Josh Harris uh, and this group, they're going to go out. They're going to try to hire a super sharp, analytically driven general manager. Let that person hire a super sharp, analytically oriented head coach uh, and staff. And I think that's the way it will go. With that said, I mean, the reaction from a lot of my listeners, like, no, we don't want Bill Belichick. I mean, really? You, you wouldn't want Bill Belichick? Maybe you don't want Bill Belichick, the head coach and general manager, because I think Bill Belichick, the personnel guys, let down the, you know, Bill Belichick, the head coach. But I, I just, I think it's a traumatized fan base after the last 25 years, and sometimes people don't think straight. 
I would be super intrigued with Bill Belichick if he were really still motivated to be a head coach, to come in here and coach a team with a general manager, maybe of his choice. Um, but uh, I don't think it'll happen. Make sure to follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Sheehan DC and check out his podcast on Apple, Spotify, and more. What do you need to see from Sam Howell this season to potentially decide you're okay with him at least going forward next year, not even you know becoming the franchise quarterback? We've seen eight games, and we've seen a lot of things to be encouraged by, but we've also seen things to be concerned by. And the concern, um, you know, specifically as a drop back, a pure drop back passer, you know, five step, seven step drop, he doesn't see it. He doesn't throw with anticipation, and that's why it's one of the reasons. The offensive line is part of it as well, um, but it's a it, it's a significant reason why he is on pace to shatter the NFL record for sacks taken in a season. Now, last week was great, and the, and the quick game and the screens and the rollouts, that's really the offense. I think that fits him best. Um, but eventually in this league, you know, third and nine, you got to drop back and you got to let receivers get downfield and you got to make a throw with anticipation. And he has not proven that he can do that consistently. And if you can't do that consistently, you really can't be an upper-half kind of starter in the NFL. You know, you can be a big-time backup. You can be a low-end starter. But I want to see progress there. You know, it's kind of what he struggled with in college. It was probably the number one reason he fell to the fifth round was the understanding that he holds it too long. He doesn't see it as quickly. He doesn't throw with anticipation from the pocket um, as quickly. Um his offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, who's at Wisconsin now but was in Chapel Hill, told me when I had him on the show last winter, the best offense for Sam is West Coast, getting the ball out quickly, quick decisions, you know, get it in the, into the hands of, of, of his playmakers uh, and not have a pure drop-back offense. And I think we've seen that in the first eight games. So lots to be encouraged about. Uh, he can really sling it for sure. He's mobile. He's tough. He's gritty but some concerns also. What are your thoughts on Sunday? Obviously, we know Bill Belichick has had a lot of success against rookie quarterbacks in the past, and obviously this will be a road game for, for the Commanders. Yeah, I mean, Belichick has feasted on young quarterbacks. He, he confuses them. Uh, it's not a great New England team, obviously, and they've lost some of their key defensive players, including Matthew Judon. Um, who Washington won't have to face. Uh, they have no playmakers offensively, and they've got a quarterback who is, you know, average at best. Although, when you watch New England a little bit more closely, you realize it may be Mac Jones, but it's also the fact that he's got nobody to throw the football to. It's a winnable game. I mean, I never say about this team it's a game they should win because that's typically what the other fan base is saying about playing Washington, is that you should win this game. But um, it's certainly a winnable game, and I think the key is, you know, Sam can't make the mistakes against a coordinator that's going to try to provoke him. In an ideal world, would you rather this team make a playoff push or fall far enough that they could be in the Drake May-Caleb Williams area? It's a really good question. It's so in the midst of these seasons, I'm always about let's figure out how to win as many as we can and, and get to a postseason berth and be a part of one of the great times of the year in sports, you know, the NFL playoffs. Um, 
But at the same time, you know, the idea of Caleb Williams, you know, being in, in, in I mean, that's, that's a long way to go. I don't think they're going to end up in that position. They're just, they're not that bad. Um, you know, they're a middling team, maybe the low part of the middle, um, but they're just not, you know, a Caleb Williams number one overall pick kind of team this year. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think if they win Sunday, I'm going to be all on board with trying to go to Seattle and win to get to 500 and start thinking about, you know, can they get a seven seed? Last one for you. What's uh, what's the chances for your Terps uh, this weekend against Penn State? Matt, I think they're good. I think Maryland's going to play really well tomorrow. And I've had them kind of figured out because I told everybody I thought Illinois could win that game two weeks ago. I gave out Northwestern as a as a pick on my pick segment last week but i love the terps tomorrow plus the eight and i think they'll be they'll compete and have a chance make sure to check him out on the team 980 from 10 to 1 and check out the kevin sheehan show podcast apple spotify and other places the kevin sheehan show.com kevin we always appreciate the time have a great weekend love to be with you matt thanks all right uh, that is uh, kevin sheehan and yes uh maryland is hosting penn state this weekend the line has dropped it went it was open at 11 there's some eight and a halfs out there some nines um, Kevin seems like one of those guys who, as he said, has a good pulse on his team. Me, I fade the Eagles every time, I feel like. I just never think they're as good as they actually are. Um, I also, like, you know, Syracuse, I would fade them. They're terrible at everything. And, like, all my teams, I'm more harder on my, which is rare and hard to believe. Like, everybody, I feel like, is a homer when it comes to betting on their teams. Oh, my team's always going to win. I'm the opposite. I think my teams are never going to win or at least never going to cover. Kevin seems like he's got his finger on the pulse. Um, I may have to look at Maryland a little harder. Obviously, I would never bet on the Ravens. You would, you would never bet on the Ravens? Never. So you're saying that they will not cover against Seattle this weekend? Uh, I have all the faith in the world. They'll do what they need to do, but I wouldn't bet on it. Baltimore minus six against Seattle uh, this weekend. One of the few games that's good, and we'll have the two starting quarterbacks that are supposed to be there. Um, it's unfortunate we we outsourced our best game to Germany at 9.30 a.m. in a contest that we all can't watch. Um, but Kansas City and Miami, KC minus two, total is 50 in that game. That'll be a 9.30 start time. So uh, good luck trying to find it. But apparently, PSA, and we'll break, um, apparently Red Zone is free this weekend. Go to your whatever, your cable network that has Red Zone. Apparently this weekend, just this weekend, Red Zone is free on Sunday. So if you have not checked it out, uh, you can certainly do so this weekend, and it is for free. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll do one final segment, give you my thoughts on the schools that are in action this weekend. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN.